everybody, welcome to another episode of Studio Wesley Annex, our weekly discussion of the lectionary text. I'm Derek Scott, your host, always here with Brooke Lawrence, my co-host, both of us from Studio Wesley. But excited to have Allison with us again, the backbone, the rock star, the one who makes Studio Wesley happen. Allison, how are you doing today? You know, I was doing a lot better before you started complimenting me, Derek. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to do that as much. Brooke, I didn't ask you how you were doing. My bad. I'm an awful host to my co-host. Brooke, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I <laughs> I tried the new Panda Express food today, and it was really good. So Awesome. Yeah. I had actually tried to, like, get this sunlight thing out of my eye, and, like, if you saw that what I did, like, you'd be very impressed but I only did it on one window, not the other. And with that, I want to say hello to my good friend and colleague and just the master mistress. I don't know what the right term is. The, 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 the most, the hardest working person in campus ministry, the Reverend Haley Eccles. Haley, how are you doing? I'm doing really, really well right now. So how awesome. are you doing? I'm good. I just, I love my life, uh, which is normal. But just being in this space with y'all has just been good. And I'm just excited about this episode. We're going to have a great, great conversation. We are talking about the text for the first week of the season of Christmas. These are the texts literally for Christmas Day. Ah! Christmas and so, oh, come all ye faithful and joy to the world. Okay, awesome. So we're going to like dive in. It's going to be a really great episode. Really excited to have my friends here. And so, Brooke, I'm going to ask if you would open us in prayer, and then we're going to dive right into the text. Yes. Um, dear God, thank you for bringing us here together. Thank you for the ways that you are working in our lives in this season and every season. I ask that as we gather here, as we listen, that we will, um, that we will be inspired by your spirit to love and to um and to welcome the Christmas spirit into our hearts this day and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, like I said, this these are the texts for the first week of Christmas. You know, there are 12 days of Christmas, so that's kind of two weeks or two. Going to be two episodes for the text um, for, Chris, for the Christmas tide season. And today we are looking at Hebrews 1, Isaiah 52, Psalm 98, and John chapter 1. And really, really stoked about this. So um, I feel like I should sing another Christmas carol. Like, oh, come, no, all we do, oh, come on, you faithful. Uh, Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Okay, we're going to dive right into Hebrews 1. And I do invite you to check out Hebrews 1 because it's a beautiful text. Hebrews 1, um, most of the lectionary texts you there are focusing on verses 1 through 4. But um, I invite you to actually like go all the way uh, to verse 12. And if you really want to go there, go all the way to verse like there's two more verses, two more verses in chapter one, and then one verse in chapter two that I just think you gotta also lean into. But specifically verses one through four, five through twelve. Okay, so I'll just read a little bit of this because it's just it's all really good, but just a little bit. Very beginning. In the past, God spoke through the prophets to our ancestors in many ways um, and many times. In these final days, though, He spoke to us through a son. God made his son the heir of everything and created the world through him. So this is an interesting text in general, 
But I think it's a really beautiful text as we think about Christmas. So I think it's a beautiful text as we contemplate the incarnation, God coming to us as a baby in a manger. And I almost hear the writer of Hebrews, who I personally believe is a woman, uh, I, I kind of hear her saying, friends, let's keep special things special. Um, there, it, there's many ways that God speaks and has spoken. And, and she acknowledges this. There's many ways that God has spoken, uh, through, specifically through the prophets, but many ways. And later on in, in this sermon that's to the Hebrews, we're going to hear her talk about angels, and we're going to hear her talk about Moses and, 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 and the temple system, many ways that God speaks and has spoken. But there's this primary way that God has decided to speak, and it's through a person. It's through God's son, Jesus. And so let's keep special things special. Let's really lean in. And this is where the beginning of chapter two becomes really important, where she says, let's pay attention. And so of many things that I could say about this New Testament text, um, particularly on Christmas, I, I, I think it's the, the encouragement to pay attention to Jesus. And that makes sense, right? Like um, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, who are curious about Jesus, clearly we would then pay attention to Jesus. But especially in the season of Christmastide, we want to pay attention to the way that God has spoken through Jesus, the way that God has acted through the person of Jesus, the way that God has arrived in the person of Jesus. And I think it's particularly important in a, in a sort of 2022 context as we think, and you know, we're recording this several days before uh, December 25th, but any number of things could have happened in our world and in our lives uh, in, in, as we were getting ready for Christmas. And so it could honestly make Christmas a really difficult space to be in for some of us. I, I've said this before, um, but my brother passed around two months ago. And so there, there's this you know, gap in my family. And I want to acknowledge that and want to hold space for that. And also want to pay attention to Jesus. There's something about paying attention to Jesus in the midst of all of that that actually gives us the ability to hear what God wants to say to us in this moment. And so I think, that, and obviously this is the beginning of a, of a long sermon from the writer of Hebrews. And, and she says to us, yes, God has spoken and continues to speak in many ways, but let's pay attention to this particular way, this special way God has spoken to us. And, and the season of Christmas tide is a season where we acknowledge that, and we celebrate that. And I think that it's super relevant. And we can look for practical ways to pay attention, to focus our attention on the person of Jesus, especially in this time of Christmas tide. So those, those are some initial thoughts that I have about this text. I want to invite my friends to, you know, sort of respond and, and uh, tell me sort of what they heard um, and, and, and even if they disagree. Um, so uh, yeah, friends, y'all got any thoughts? Well, I, um, I really love that paying attention to Jesus. And I'm just thinking about this passage in connection to the way that the passage we'll talk about later. My passage is about Jesus being the word of God. And I think about paying attention to what Jesus is actually saying. Um, of course, on Christmas Day, we don't really think about Jesus saying much of anything. We think about like cute little baby Jesus. Um, but 
if we think about Christmas Day and the reminder of Jesus coming and the reminder of the kingdom coming for us, then we do have to think about these moments where Jesus is saying the spirit of the Lord is at hand and what the kingdom actually looks like. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, paying attention to those things and realizing that it can be hard to take Jesus' words seriously sometimes. Anybody else? Any thoughts? I love this moment of silence that we've got here. Um, I, I, uh, putting my thoughts together. You said in the almost pretty much the beginning of all the things, Derek. You said, uh, "Let's keep special things special." So I wrote it down, and then I didn't keep my notepad in front of me. That was my mistake. Um. And I think that like at that moment, my brain like stopped. It was like, yes, like it, it needed to absorb that message more than anything else at that moment in time mm -hmm. of like, because I feel like, especially like with grad school and everything, I feel like we have such a hard time, like focusing on like keeping those special things special with everything else surrounding us in our life. And so there was this moment where I was like, yeah, that's real. And that's something mm -hmm. that I need to sit with for a while and think about for a while. Love it. Love it. Brooke, you got any thoughts? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I, um, I've been um, going about my life, you know, in December, and, um, and it's a very busy season. I don't know if we... <laughs> It's a very original thing to say, you know, and everyone's <laughs> to talk about the busyness of December. Um, but it's a busy season, you know, like I have all, you know, most, most of my weekends, I have no plans. And then these weekends, it's like, oh, I have no time to do anything <laughs> except the thing I have to do. Um, and then there's like projects and deadlines and expectations and all of this going on. Um, and then I'm like going from one place to another, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm driving down the highway and um, I guess this is really specific. I'm driving down the highway and I can't stop to like adjust what I'm listening to on my phone, right? Because that would be hazardous. So I'm just like frantically trying to search on the radio stations for something tolerable. Um, this happened this morning and I... Um, what I landed on, um, it was uh, the Christian station, which, you know, like, is one of the stations I usually avoid because of the onslaught of Christmas music. Um, but it, it, was, um, it was a song, you know, about Bethlehem. I don't know, the sky of Bethlehem. I didn't really, I don't know, I, I don't. I don't know if I caught the whole thing, but it's, I really found that returning to songs that, um, for me, I'll be honest, like, I don't do Santa Claus, I don't do a lot of Christmas things, like, a lot of the Christmas traditions and stories just, like, really freak me out, I don't know, like, Santa's scary, um, but I, I do really appreciate the, the story of Christmas that we get from the Bible. And it really is um, not to say like keep Christ in Christmas, but um, <laughs> it really is. Um, it, 
It really is um, meaningful for me to have those little reminders throughout my day of, of the Christmas story. Um, and, you know, y'all know I love to envision stuff, to be able to like envision that in my head and carry that with me um, is really appreciated. Or I, um, I keep listening to these like liturgical, liturgical themed um, playlists for each week. So like this week is hope. Um, we'll find out. I, I, I no, no, where I am. No, it's not hope. It's peace. What if? So it's not recorded on Christmas, but um, it really is nice to have that centering. And whenever we do Bible and Breathe, my like call to action is usually like to focus on Jesus more, which is really hard to like put action steps around. But I, um, I really do still feel encouraged, especially in this time of busyness, you know, and in like a point in my life where I don't think my life is going to get less busy for a few decades, unfortunately. Um, just that reminder to, um, that reminder to seek Jesus and mm -hmm. to seek that, um, that peace and love and centeredness of Christ, um, even, even in times where everything is happening all at once. Awesome. Love it. Thanks, friends. That's uh, Y'all have given me some additional things to think about um, as I reflect on this text. So we're going to keep moving uh, to our Old Testament text, Isaiah 52. And Brooke, you're going to uh, talk to us about it. So go for it. Yeah, Isaiah 52. Um, it is, um, it's one of those parts of scripture that I find really beautiful. Um, again, like for some reason in my head, like the Christmas scriptures really stand out. Like I can remember hearing these from when I was a child. Um, cause I guess like, I don't know, they just like really stood out in my head and there's some that really scare me, right? <laughs> like there's some Christmas passages that I'm like, oh, that's kind of terrifying. Um, or I don't understand why that's good news, but this is one of the ones that's always, um, always seemed rather beautiful to me. And it's rather short, but I'm going to read the first verse, which is Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings glad tidings, announcing peace, bearing good news, announcing salvation, and saying to Zion, your king is God. Um, Honestly, like the words, the words in this whole passage are <laughs> just beautiful and I, I really love and appreciate them. But with this one, I specifically think I am, I am a Bible project watcher and um, at least one of their videos like really goes into this idea of like blessed, uh, how beautiful <laughs> the mountains are the feet of him who brings glad tidings. And they talk about like the significance of feet and messengers um, and what happens to Jesus's feet throughout his story. Um, but I, I just love this. I love this image of um, this image of someone who is bringing glad tidings. Um, and, and to me, connecting that with the gospel ideas that we have where I, um, you know, I like have these, um, we're told, I struggle with this my whole life, like we're told that um, 
the gospel is good news, right? But when I read the gospel, um, or a lot of times when people, when I was younger, when people would talk about the gospel as good news, it would just, um, I don't know, I would, I would hear the ways that people interpreted it theologically. Um, I'm really concerned with afterlife things. And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's good news. Um, and to me, like one thing that I believe in my theology is like, if the gospel is good news, and I do believe it's good news, then it has to be good news for all of us. Like it can't be like terrifying um, and immoral. But I, um, I love the phrase, um, are the feet of him who brings glad tidings? Because it's, to me, it's saying the same thing, but without that charged language of like good news, but glad tidings where I'm like, oh, yes, like, Glad tidings, this message, this meaning will be one of peace and love and goodness. Um, I love that phrase and that reminder of who Jesus is and what what this is all about. Um, gosh, it, all of it's so beautiful, right? But I am um, going to read 52, 9 through 10. Break out together in song, O ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord comforts his people. He redeems Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all nations. And the ends of the earth will behold the salvation of our God. Um, again, like I, um, it's like the most beautiful thing to me, right? Like when I get those Christmas cards, again, I'm not a fan of like the Christmas cards that, have Santa on them, right? But, but I do like these Christmas cards that are inspired by biblical imagery. And I'm just seeing those Christmas cards that, um, you know, like where you can see like a city, like the ruins of a city breaking out in a song, right? And, um, and like everyone, everyone like coming together and just this idea of, all the ends of the earth will behold the salvation of our God. Salvation is also a word that I can struggle with, but that I'm seeing salvation as, I forget what we said in the last episode, but like this, this renewing, like this, this making whole of everything. Um, and just what, what a beautiful image that is to think of the restoration, the restoration of the entire world. Like what, what a beautiful magnificent wish what a beautiful magnificent thing to hold and to hope for and again to connect that very big beautiful giant vision with this simple um small act of a baby being born in um in a place where a baby shouldn't be born, you know being being born in a place where his family is being neglected um and I love, I love this reminder that as we hear this story, to remember the smallness of it and the bigness of it, and to think about how that bigness and smallness is the characteristic of our God and is the characteristic of, um, of our season and what we're all called to remember. Wow. So, so much to think about there, Brooke. Thank you for bringing that. I'm wondering, Allison, Haley, if you've got any thoughts on what Brooke just put on the table. I have a ton of thoughts. <laughs> um, <laughs> one, because I think that 
focusing on the um, aesthetic of like Christmas day, I just think that this um, passage really brings us to a few different things. Um, and so you highlighted about blessed are the, the feet of the messenger who's bringing glad tidings or, or that's a Haley para uh, paraphrase version. Um, and I think that like, there is something about that image that baptizes something that is like not cute because not only, um, is it feet, which I know Derek has some feelings about, but it's also like feet of a messenger that is going into like crappy places. So they're, they're dirty and gross and disgusting. Like that's what we're, what, what we're seeing is something that's kind of being baptized that way. And it kind of makes me think about how we have baptized manger scenes as being something very beautiful. Um, when, if we really think about it, the circumstances, um, the smells that we don't put into our manger scenes, um, the like the blood, like all this stuff, like it's not cute, but there's something beautiful about it because it's like grounded in this purpose and this goodness and this joy that makes it beautiful. Um, and I mean, I think we feel that way about birth in general, but I think especially as we think about Jesus' birth, um, that's kind of what I went to about this, this idea of like what actually is beautiful about it. I, I love that. Uh, I don't love the image of feet, but I do love what you just said, Haley. Um, and because these ways that we're relooking and re-envisioning a lot of these images, I, I, I was inspired actually, even Brooke, as you were talking uh, about that verse nine, that in, in the common English Bible, it says, break into song together, you ruins of Jerusalem. And I, there's this, you know, conversation in, in CCW world, Campus City Wesley, about rebuilding ancient ruins. And so like, um, I, I'm, how many times have I read this text during the Christmas season, right? But I just now just kind of like got this image, like we're asking, before the ruins have been rebuilt, we're asking them to sing. And so they've got to have seen something or heard something or experienced something that like makes breaking into song together something that makes sense. Or an act of faith that 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 is that is courageous for sure, but something that so I just all kinds of thoughts there, and um, you know it even takes me back, Allison. I know that I said it, but even your thought about um, you know that the keeping special things special in the way that sometimes in order for us to keep special things special, we have to stop. <laughs> we have to stop and like actually put the notebook away for a moment and like really reflect on what is happening right in front of us. Um, so Brooke, thank you. Oh my gosh, that that is a beautiful, beautiful ref reflection. And uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Be right back. Hi friends, if we haven't met, my name is Allison and I'm here to talk to you about one of the resources that we have to offer at The Wellness Project. The Wellness Project has two new cohorts starting this spring, and you should definitely join us. A cohort is a mental health module that has been designed 
by campus ministers and students on our design team. The first cohort is titled Mental Health Overview and is exactly what it sounds like. There are eight sessions total and each session covers a different topic on mental health and wellness to give you a general overview of what those topics are. The second cohort is called Peer Support, and that's four sessions all to do with peer support. We would love to have you join us, and if you'd like to sign up, go to studiowesley.org slash wellnessproject. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild. Welcome to the second half of Studio Wesley Annex. Uh, you, I know that might be annoying that I did not finish the verse of Heartfelt Interesting. You can go ahead and do that. We invite you to do that. But Allison's actually going to take us into Psalm 98. So Allison, take it away, my friend. And just so we're clear, Derek, I am not the you who is finishing the lyrics to that song. Um, but I will come here and talk about Psalm 98. Um, Whenever I read through passages, any passage, um, I always have to look for like the first moment in the passage that makes me stop and have to think, um, just because I think that that's going to be the first piece of information that I, in some way, either connect with or it just pulls my attention in enough to like fully understand the text, which is just such a hard thing to do. Um, so for me, um, I really like got stopped on uh, verse three where it says, God has remembered his loyal love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. Every corner of the earth has seen our God's salvation. Um, and it was that word remembered there that really like stuck with me for a second. And I was like, what does that mean? God has remembered his lo loyal love. Um, and I did the things, looked up the research, looked up the research, did the research, looked into other people's thoughts, read through the passage again and again, just to kind of gain a sense of what that what that's saying. And just to me from the way I'm kind of, reading it is like remembered as in like keeping his promise that like God is taking all the things he said he's going to do. And he is, he's taking all the things he's taking his word. He's keeping them. He's keeping his promises. And within this Psalm, they're praising God for those promises, for seeing them. They're praising God through their faithfulness, through his faithfulness to them. Um, and then I also think there's just something really beautiful of that, like, last part of verse three um, of like the um, every corner of earth has seen our God's salvation. I think that like every corner of earth piece is just so special and beautiful to think about um, in reference to the whole Psalm itself. So good. Oh, Alice, as you were talking, I was starting to reflect on just the thought like, man, I, I want to see that like every corner of the earth seeing God's salvation. Like I I I, I want to see that in real time. And and I I I just like kind of like looks to me like I'm trying to not make it sound like a thousand points of light because <laughs> that like pings to something else, but uh sort of like Christmas lights all over the world, right? Like, you know, or candlelight, I don't know. It just was an image that just came to me as you were talking. So thank you uh, for sharing with us. Uh, Haley Brooke, y'all got any thoughts to what Allison brought to us? I've gone first every time, so I feel bad, like, swooping in but now you got it um, yeah so 
I really appreciate um, Allison like drawing our attention to that word, word remembered because I think I would have just blown right past it. Um, but I feel like it ties in really well with helping me understand what it means um, in the very first verse that we're singing a new song. Um, and this idea that like God is going to do something else great that we can write about and sing about that. Like we've been singing these other songs about like, yeah, God, you know, the Exodus is, it's really great, but like there's more that God can do and therefore more that we can sing about. Um, and it just reminded me, I think it comes from a verse in the Quran, but it's in a, a song that I really love about how, we just can't exhaust all all the beauty, the good works of God. If all the trees were pens and all the oceans ink, like it's just immeasurable. Um, and anyway, that's kind of where my brain went. And I feel like it's really appropriate at Christmas because I think we think about this moment of incarnation as this like climactic moment of the work that God is doing. And yet the whole season of Advent has been reminding us like God's not done yet. Um, and so I just feel like it's this invitation that even as we've been singing all of these beautiful older songs of Christmas, there's more, there's more coming. Yeah. And I am, I'm thinking about this, this idea of song and singing that I think is kind of carried into these passages and um, one thing, um, you know, I, I go through phases and I went through a phase where I was um, vaguely trying to look at the New Testament letters. And one of the things I think Paul says is he talks of Paul, someone, they talk about like how one of the signs of the Holy Spirit at work in you is to just like start singing. Um, and I think now, you know, in the 21st century, we would be like, that's a very generalized statement. You know, <laughs> some people are like filled with God and they don't sing. Um, but I, I love singing and I really, I really like this idea of, um, of a new song and thinking about, um, what that means and what that represents. Um, I mean, like there's the hopefulness. I really enjoy, um, new Christmas songs that are like, <laughs> that are like based in, based in our, um, our biblical readings through this season. But I also love the idea of, of singing a new song and all of the hopefulness that means to write a new song, um, and to proclaim it. And in this big, big metaphorical way that I think the text is speaking to, um, that's a really, that's a really beautiful thought, I think, to carry into the new liturgical year and into the new year that we're coming into in the calendar year as well. Fantastic. Well, Haley, bring us home with John chapter one. All right. So our gospel reading for Christmas Day is... Uh, not the one that centers us in the whole manger scene, but it's in the Gospel of John. And it's a, a passage that's pretty familiar with me uh, to me. John writes in this very like poetic verse. Um, I can think about like 
there are lots of times where he's referencing something. He likes a lot of this. Um, the best way I can put it is like transitive property writing, A to B, B to C. So A is C. So um, we get this kind of roundabout way of him describing Jesus' presence in the world um, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Um, I really enjoy reading it though from the message version. I know this is not going to be a universally felt thing. Um, but while John's writing is really poetic, I think the message version has a way of grounding us um, in some of the reality of it. So I'll um, just read a little bit of a portion. Um, the message doesn't really do verse to verse, but this is probably around verse 12. Um, he came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. These are the God begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. To me, I think the message we get from this gospel um, uh, passage about Christmas Day, um, the one word that comes to mind is intimacy. We hear this intimacy of Jesus with God and that closeness and nearness in their relationship. And it's almost this invitation that what Christmas Day means, what the incarnation means, what God with us means is that that same intimacy is available to us. And so I really appreciate thinking about the way Jesus moves into the neighborhood or the CEB says uh, makes a home with us, um, but the way that Jesus is so near to us. Um, I was recently just thinking about how um, my kids, I, I told my husband, um, I don't think that our nativity set is going to make it past this Christmas. Every time I go out, um, the, the cows and sheep are fighting with each other. Jesus somehow is like on top of the manger scene. Um, and you know, Chris is like, we'll just tell them they can't play with it. And I just was like, I don't want Jesus to be off limits, um, I would rather buy a new nativity set at the end of the year than not allowing them to engage with um, a God that is close and near to them. So that's what I got out of this passage is just that intimacy and closeness and the joy for the day. Wow, that's beautiful. I don't I, I, oh man, that, that last bit, Haley, of you want your boys to feel like they can access Jesus, even if it means having to take some extra steps every year. Ah, there's, that'll preach. Oh my gosh, that'll preach. Friends, y'all got any thoughts uh, for what Haley just gave us? Yeah, I, um, I don't know. And, uh, and I'll, but with a less precious story, I, um, I really appreciate the idea of Jesus moving into the neighborhood because, again, that's an idea that um, 
I think it's easy for me to forget the ways that God is moving and present in my world and in my everyday life, which can sometimes feel, um, you know, it, like not not special, <laughs> like not not like a biblical story. Um, my neighborhood, I had a lot of like thoughts wrapped up around my neighborhood. Like I made, um, yeah, I made like a Twitter account about like things I wish I could say in my neighborhood Facebook page. Like I, I spend some time thinking about my my neighborhood and our our culture and our <laughs> our community. And it really it really reminds me um, I so major story um, one year and I've heard this actually isn't an uncommon thing that happens to people. But one year, you know, we set up a manger in the front yard and, and you spend like years like gathering all of the characters and, um, and we were about to leave. We were about to leave for a big family gathering and we look at the manger and Jesus is gone. Someone took our baby Jesus and, um, you know, the story goes on, a little girl caught her brothers, you know, and, and eventually, like, Jesus came back. He doesn't light up anymore, but but he's there. Um, and it's like those, <laughs> you know, like those kids, um, they're still in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's, just, it's funny the things that, that kids do. Um, I, guess, I love that story. Um, but this idea that, like, even in this place where, um, where, <laughs> where silly things happen, you know, like that's not, um, that's not like, um, you know, that's like the type of story you would see in like a movie in the movie theater around Christmas time, but like not on the Hallmark channel, you know, it's like that sort of vibe. Um, but I, I love the idea that even in the imperfection and the chaos and the squabbling of a place like a neighborhood, like Jesus is still here. Um, and that recognition um, with our theology to see um, to see Jesus in our neighbors, like we believe that to love um, to love our neighbors is to love God, um, and to just remember that when um, sometimes that's hard, like God is still present, and we are still called um, called to love everyone. I think I'm going to piggyback to off of the nativity thing, just because I think um, so much, I just love the idea of it just because kids learn through play, you know, they experience through play, they understand through play. And so I love that idea of like finding that like intimacy with Jesus through like, you know, baby Jesus and the wise men battling it out in the living room, just because like, while that's so funny, it's also this moment of like, you know, when I talk to year olds, they bring me random, random characters and random toys. Who's this? Okay. Tell them their name. Okay. What, what did they do? You know? And so I love that moment of two of like, yeah, they're playing with the nativity, but like, they're also going to ask questions. Who are they playing with it? What's this guy's name? What did this guy do? What was the, you know, what's the point of it all? And so I like that idea of like that finding int intimacy through that playing with the nativity. I just thought that was really cool. Wow. Yeah. So think about our text uh, for this first week of Christmas and specifically Christmas day. Um, I, I think that it's important 
you know what you the way you just read Haley um out of the message bible um that god became flesh and moved into the neighborhood that there is something there is someone who is here now and it's it's a, it's a bit paradoxical because we believe that God has always been with us. I mean, this is you know one of our core beliefs. Um, God is with us, and yet God is with us in a in a very specific and special way. The writer of Hebrews now, right? Like there's something that is here, and this is what. And so we got to respond. You know, Isaiah is saying we've got to respond to this person that is here. The psalmist is saying like we've got to respond. We've got to remember what God has done, but also name that God has done something specific in this moment. Um, and on this day, this week, we remember, we acknowledge that that is the person of Jesus. And so it, it is, it's an invitation to, to do it differently, to, to engage this moment differently, to not treat this day like every other day, but actually to treat this day and this season um, in a way that makes it special, in a way that does lift it up. And yeah, so then we, 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 we might have to buy nativity scenes again or go find a new baby Jesus. Or <laughs> but it, it, it is, it is, um, it's an invitation to really engage this in a special way. And so uh, this has just been an incredible conversation. Um, and I'm, you know, even though we're days, this recording is days from Christmas, uh, I'm feeling a, a Christmas kind of way. Um, so I'm really grateful for my friends here. So Haley, I'm gonna invite you to uh, pray for us as we uh, finish out this episode. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me be a part, and uh, let's pray together. God, as we experience um, the joy of this season and the ways that it reminds us once again of your presence, I pray that you would give us some space where we can pause and experience what is special about this, what is beautiful about this, um, what inspires us to sing, um, and what draws us uh, close um, and helps us to feel known and cherished and loved. We thank you for um, the gift that we get in the sending of your son, Jesus, and the ways that this holy and incarnational moment brings God so much closer and nearer to us. Um, may we go from this place and see God uh, continually in our neighbors and the people around us. Um, may we be to our neighbors the same uh, joy and love that we experience in this season. Uh, we ask this in your holy name. Amen. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And so we do. We wish all of you a very, very Merry Christmas um, as we continue to celebrate the birth of our God and that has come to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Friends, uh, oh my gosh, thank you so much, uh, Brooke. It is always a joy to be in the space with you, just 
thinking about these lectionary texts. Allison, you are amazing, and we're just grateful for all that you bring to Studio Wesley. And Haley, ah, you're just the best. You're the best. Thanks, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you again next week for another episode of Studio Wesley Annex. Merry Christmas.